I'm here with um, David Ackers, who's just given the last keynote of the day, um, talking about behavioural activation for preventing depression. So I'm going to let David introduce himself first. Hi, yeah. So uh, I'm David Eakers. So I'm the Clinical Director for Research and Development at TZ Eskimoir Valleys NHS and uh, Visiting Professor of Health Service Research and Nursing at the University of York. Okay, thank you, David. So um, for people listening online who may not have a clinical or a research background, can you explain to people um, what, you, um, what you meant by the term behavioural activation, first of all? Yeah, so uh, behavioural activation is a treatment for depression and uh, low levels of depression. Uh, and it's a treatment that's been around probably since the... Uh, about 1980 uh, uh, and it's a treatment that looks at how to help people think about how they can change what they do to improve the way that they feel. Uh, It really was for a while viewed as a component of CBT but I think as we've got better understanding of behavioural activation I think we've seen the way that we understand how it works to be very different to CBT. And BA, I think, the way that we look at it works is that we understand that that depression uh, is something that sits in the way that people engage with their world. And when things happen in people's lives that mean that they somehow become disconnected from important things in their world, it makes us feel bad. And that would happen to any of us. Sometimes when we feel bad, what we do to try and cope is we shut down. And the trouble with that is that when you shut down, unfortunately you become further removed from those things in your world that are healthy for you. So those sort of healthy activities, those healthy connections with your environment. And the more distance you become from them, the worse you feel. So it becomes a really vicious cycle. And BA aims to break that cycle and help people collaboratively think about how they reconnect and how they reconnect with their world gradually in a way that helps improve their mood. I think it was really interesting because, um, as you say, um, myself being a mental health nurse, traditional um, behaviour therapy um, from when I did my training um, was always quite almost divorced from talking about people's emotions and feelings. But today you got us all to do an exercise where you asked us to close our eyes and imagine the things that we feel connected to that we like and how that makes us feel when we're doing those things and then to imagine if those things were taken away from us. So very much kind of thinking from a sort of emotional point of view, which I found really interesting. Um, any thoughts? Anything to add? Well, I think that's a really important exercise to do when you're, when, you're, when you're talking about BA because I think what that shows us is that this is something that would happen to anybody if they became disconnected from things in their world that are important to them uh, and that all of us have an emotional reaction to that. And that's not something that's a deficit. That's a natural response to changes in the way that we engage with our world or the changes in the context of which, in which we live. And, and if those changes mean that you feel bad and as a result of feeling bad people shut down from the world because it all feels too much, that becomes really difficult because you become further removed from the very things that could have an antidepressant impact on, on you. And so BA is a really practical treatment that aims to, to, to think about that with people, think about how your emotions are linked to the way that you connect the, with your world, and then think about what changes you can make gradually, and it's a very collaborative exercise to reconnect with the things, and then hopefully that makes you feel better. 
seems to be a good approach that would lend itself quite well to self-management as well of, of symptoms, um, just in terms of encouraging people for themselves to think about those things. Um, do you have any tips on how people could do that? Well, I think the, the, the tips are, firstly, I think what, what you need to do is to uh, think about how you connect with your world and what are those things that are important to you and, 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 and I suppose understand and some people use diaries to do this uh, to, to, to monitor what they're doing and how they feel but, but kind of understand what it is in your world that's important to you and then pr- think about practical steps if you've become disconnected from those what are those practical steps that you can take to gradually start reconnecting so it's, it's a really practical treatment uh, and it really looks at taking small steps or setting yourself small goals with that overall aim that over time you reconnect with your environment and also sometimes you know just because of things in our life it means that the things that used to be important to us we can no longer do you know that's the same for me as I get older and it's the same for all sorts of people if you can't do things what's important rather than just think that's gone think what was it that I got from that what was important to me from that that activity or that action and then think right well if that was the important element of that what might I be able to do that might give me something similar Uh, and try it out uh, and see how it goes Uh, and that's probably what I would recommend and um, and could you use it in the in the opposite way as well to get people to kind of think about the things that have got negative value in in their lives and to become more aware of those things? Would that be something? I guess it would be difficult in terms of trauma, but um, might you be able to do that in some ways? Well, we, we we certainly don't have the the uh, evidence from our studies about trauma. We haven't studied trauma specifically, but I think it's a it can be used very uh, widely. The other thing that we do when we work with people to think about how they make plans for their days and plans are based upon how you connect with your world is is actually think and, and start to understand those things that you do that have a negative consequence for you. And, and often people find diaries useful for that. So when I did this, the rest of the day, I resulted in this, and that seems to be a pattern. Um, and start trying to unpick that and understand that a bit. So if you see particular risk times or risk areas for you, that might be a good time to target your scheduling and really start to think, what can I plan in there that would disrupt that pattern that I've seen emerging in my day-to-day life. That's great. And um, you talked about a study. Um, Could you just give us um, a little bit of insight into the study that you were talking about today? Okay, so today I talked really about two two main studies. Uh, One was looking at treating people who are above a clinical threshold for depression who, who about, and, and then another study which was the main focus of my talk which was a study with people who are over 65 where we looked to see whether we could deliver behavioural activation to them with a first face-to-face session and then about six follow-up telephone sessions where we uh, contacted them over the phone or, 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 or the, the um, facilitators in our study contacted people over the phone and took them through a behavioural activation programme. Uh, and we wanted to see what that did to the, the symptoms of depression those people were, were experiencing. But also we wanted to see whether or not it had any impact on how many of those people went on to get 
you know, high levels of depression or what we would call major depression. And we were doing that because we know people with some symptoms of depression, so two to four symptoms of depression, are a group who are particularly at risk of progressing to, 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 to more depression. So if we can intervene, and we believe, uh, you know, very strongly that it's much better to intervene early and prevent depression than, than wait for people to, to get much worse symptoms and then try and treat them. Uh, so in that study, we, uh, we delivered these six sessions, and what we found was even though people in the two arms and we, we, we um, gave people a 50-50 you know, chance of getting the, the BA intervention or their usual care from their GP and those that got the BA intervention even though their symptoms were quite low at the start we still saw a difference between usual GP care of this group but at one year what was really interesting is it about half the people in that group compared to the usual care group went on to get major depression so so it seemed to have a really positive effect on stopping that worsening of symptoms so really good intervention for primary care yeah i think so and and the other things that we're trying to look at now is can we use this beyond primary care so we've got interest in a very interesting study on looking at trying to do this through the healthy living activity uh, the healthy living program in community pharmacies Uh, so we're kind of reaching right out into communities to do this because we think a simple message could lend itself very well to delivery in those sorts of settings where we're really particularly focusing on people with physical health problems most people would use their community pharmacy and so it would seem an ideal setting to offer this sort of health promotion prevention uh, advice uh, because we very much know the impact of getting depression alongside your physical health problems really interesting and um, are there any limitations that you would see that we might need to think about in the future with this work well I think with any talking treatment and in fact any treatment of depression there are always limitations I think it you know it would be false to say that that any treatment is suitable for everybody Um, what we've found in, in studies is that BA works, as far as we can tell, as well as any more complicated psychological treatment. But there are still a group of people that don't seem to benefit from those, and we need to think very hard about how we can make things work for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, it depends, really relies on people being able to take that step to try things out and then observe what they find. And that's a really challenging step for people with depression um, and, and, and can be very difficult. And we recognise that. And hopefully, you know, it's imp- we think it's important that you get the support to help people do that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Any um, final points? Uh, I think my, my, my final point is, is really that last one, that, that you know, we've got a lot more to learn about this and we continue to, to do research, uh, but we're hoping that our, that our research and trying to push this out beyond the traditional settings allows access to a lot more people in a lot of new and different settings to get access to something that for at least for a decent proportion of people can go a long way to help them. Mm-hmm.